In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This morning, Jesus is walking on the water because there are monsters in the water. You might think of that before you pop into the lake next time for a swim. Noah knew there was death in the water. As Noah sat with his eight in the ark, he knew that there was death all around him. Job, from whom we heard today in the Old Testament reading, knew that there were monsters in the water. He spoke of the Leviathan, the great monster of the deep. And then there are the demons left over from Matthew chapter 8, from those pigs possessed by demons who went over the edge and into the sea. As you remember from last week, we've now met Jesus at a time when he is very tired and broken-hearted. Jesus had been very busy healing the sick, casting out demons, forgiving sins. And then came the word when he was utterly exhausted that his cousin John the Baptizer had been murdered by King Herod. Jesus tried to finish up and move away from the crowds quickly. He tried to get some rest, but they chased him down. So last week we heard how he kept preaching and teaching and healing, and he capped the day by feeding 5,000 from five loaves and two fishes. But now when we meet Jesus this morning, he is really spent. He is exhausted. So he sends the disciples away, and he goes away by himself to pray. And now, as he walks to the next place, by the shortest route, straight across the water, Jesus has had enough of monsters for today. All the Gospels are full of monsters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are demons in the desert, in the synagogue, and in the graveyard. There are lepers and blind men and paralytics, and there's a man with a withered hand. There's a woman who just cannot stop bleeding, and there is a little girl who at the age of 12 drops dead for no good reason at all. Herod chops off John's head and gives it to his wife as a birthday present, which is vicious in the classic sense of the word. The sea always seems to be stormy and cold. The crowds seem to be hot and chaotic, frenzied and crazy. And each one of these is its own kind of monster. Your own life, I think, is not so different. Once again this week, you can smell it. You can feel it in America. The debt ceiling is up, the stock market is down, hiring is flat, and this morning all around the world, stock markets are plunging because S&P has downgraded American debt. People are scared to death. Good folks like you have lost pay and jobs and career and houses. Good people like you have families that have gone absolutely crazy becoming frenzied and chaotic. And all of this is in addition to all the monsters that were already underneath your beds. And then comes Jesus, walking calmly on the choppy sea, as if the headwinds were nothing. If Jesus is calm in the midst of our crises, Maybe it means 
that our monsters don't matter as much as we think. In the Gospels, one of the very first things you notice about Jesus is how little all these troubles trouble him. In story after story, whether it is hot and dry and frenzied and chaotic, or cold and dark and stormy, folks all around him are feeling desperate and hopeless. But Jesus does not feel that way at all. Jesus is not crazy or flustered. And he certainly does not let evil or fear set his daily agenda. Instead, time after time, Jesus patiently lets the trouble seek their own level. He lets fear, death, and hell do its very worst. And then he goes to work. Jesus comes with a certain gravitas, a weightiness, a calm presence, and a clear purpose. Jesus is the strong man whom no one can control. And his presence and his purpose are right out of Eden. After all, the very first thing that Jesus did in creation is to order the chaos. Now Jesus is back in flesh and blood, taking his own place back home. And person by person, inch by inch, trouble by trouble, Jesus is reordering the world and extending his kingdom. Most simply, Jesus has returned to make wrongs right. That he cares enough to become one of us, to be born in flesh and blood of the Virgin Mary, to live and to die for us at Golgotha, to enter our sufferings as a way of showing that he is fond of us, that he actually loves us, and then to spare us from sin and death and chaos and frenzy. You would think that would be enough to convince us that our monsters don't matter as much as we think. You'd think that'd be enough to show us that Jesus cares deeply for us and that all he really wants is to have all of you home again. The only thing Jesus ever really wants is to bring all of you back to Eden. But our monsters are potent things. Even though the disciples had already seen his gravitas, his calm presence and his clear purpose several times in the previous 24 hours when he was feeding the 5,000 and preaching and teaching and healing, even though they had seen it several times, they are still terrified today when Jesus appears on the waters in fact, they make Jesus himself to be a monster. When he comes near, they say that he's a ghost. But try not to be too hard on them. It's only chapter 14. And the text says that they still have much to learn. And try not to be too hard on yourselves. Your troubles are real. The storms, the darkness, the chaos, the frenzy, the demonic. Your troubles are real. Lost jobs and troubled families. 
the press of the world and all the things that go bump in the night. There are lots of things right now to press us and lots of things that we just don't understand. But this is what we do understand. We know that God is for us and God is not against us. And we know that faith, faith agrees with God. And so we say, this is the God who loves me. If Jesus has had enough of monsters for today, then you and I can take the rest of the day off. In just a moment, when Jesus comes to sit next to you at the Eucharist, the way he sat next to those first disciples in that boat, when he comes with his strong, calm presence, when he comes forgiving and reordering your life, when he comes near to you and puts himself into you, enjoy the calm. For a moment the wind will cease and the water will go quiet and the monsters will be out of sight. Enjoy it. And then a bit later, today or tomorrow, when you go back to work in a very frenzied world, remember this time, this time when Jesus walked on the water, this time when Jesus fed 5,000 from five loaves and two fishes, this time when Jesus gave you your life back, reordered, come to church, say your prayers, make your tithe, live in mercy, give a good witness. When you go back into that world, try to remember this day, when just for a moment, there isn't a monster in sight. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.